After every episode I record, I think of a million things I could have said better or said differently or not said at all. Usually I let those things go and just chalk it up to the fact that I'm a beginner. And if I wait for things to be perfect, I'll never put anything out into the world. And last week, of course, the same thing happened. However, I realized that though we talked all about what forgiveness is and what it is not, we didn't get into the nitty gritty about like, how do you actually forgive someone? We didn't talk at all about the process of forgiveness. And I think it's too important to skip over that. I promise next week we will get back to our series and I will be talking about the woman at the well, but forgiveness is a big deal. Jesus tells us if we don't forgive others from our hearts, God won't forgive us. And I'm not trying to give you a script, but I do want to help us think through like, what does it actually look like in real life to, to go through the process of forgiving somebody? Hi, friend. You're listening to Find Hope Here. I'm your host, Teresa Whiting, author, speaker, ministry leader, friend, and fellow struggler. This is a podcast about the messy, complicated, painful parts of life, but also the beautiful, joy-filled hope that Jesus promises. Each week, We dig deep into God's Word together and talk about how His truth impacts our everyday lives. I'm not going to ask you to sit with me and have coffee because I seem to have my best conversations while I'm just doing life. So I'd love to hang out with you as you walk or fold laundry or drive to work. You're invited to join me in pursuing the hope God promises. No matter where you are or where you've been, I pray you always find hope here. Let's jump in to today's episode. Welcome to episode 13, Forgive and Remember, part two, how to forgive someone. I know that some of you have some very significant things to forgive. And you might be saying, Teresa, you have no idea what that person did to me. And you're right. I don't know. But for just a moment, I want to ask you to take that person out of the equation. Just take them out because one day you are going to stand before God alone, just you and him. And if you're going to be welcomed into his presence forever, it isn't because you deserve it or you did enough good things or you were good enough. It will be because when God looks at the record of your life, he will see the blood of Jesus, which covers your sin. And you might be like, well, my sin isn't that bad. I know there have been times in my life when I've thought, well, the person who hurt me did way worse than what I've done. You may be thinking the same things, but the fact is all sin, all sin is an offense to a holy God and is punishable by death. And we did not have the means to pay that debt aside from us being separated from God forever. Jesus took that punishment. He paid the unpayable debt. So first we have to wrap our minds around the fact that we have been forgiven an unpayable debt. And then as we work through forgiving others, it's an overflow of what God has done for us. So we're going to talk about step by step. How do you forgive someone who hurt you. And I'm talking about the big things. I'm not talking about, you know, oh, somebody did something annoying or bothered me. 
No, I'm I'm talking about things like abuse, betrayal, um, when somebody lies about you, you know, things that are not easily forgiven. So number one, I would say prepare yourself. Like be sure you're rested and your body is nourished because it can be kind of exhausting to think through some really deep wounds and scars. Um, so make sure that your physical needs are taken care of. Another thing I would do in preparation is find a place where you can speak out loud. I think it's really important to be able to process this in a safe space where you can talk out loud. Or if you're more of a writer, even bring like a Bible and a journal and a pen, you know, so that you can process in the way that's best for you. But I think it has to be a process where it's coming out of you in some way, like either you're writing it down or you're speaking it out loud. And even if you do write it, I definitely recommend speaking it. But number two is talk to God about the hurt you experienced. Talk to him about it. You know, it's pretty easy for us to talk about the hurt. I know if I've been hurt by somebody and I get on the phone with my sister or a friend, it's pretty easy for me to talk about what happened. But less often, I bring that to God. And you can write it or you can speak it, but tell him the details of what hurt you. He already knows. So tell him as much or as little as you like and invite Jesus into the process with you. Tell him how you felt, what made you sad, afraid, angry, enraged. Talk to him about how it affected you. What did that offense steal from your life? Or what kind of pain did it cause you? And lay that hurt at the feet of Jesus and let him hold you. This is not something to be rushed through or, okay, I'm just going to get this over with, but let him walk with you in this process. Psalm 62, 8 says, trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. Psalm 71, 3 says, be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Give the command to save me for you are my rock and my fortress. Isaiah 41, 13 says, for I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. And I love Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. These aren't just like little nice sayings. Like this is God's word. This stuff is true. These are things that you need to cling to when you're walking through how to forgive someone who hurt you. The Psalms are a beautiful place to find lament and strong emotions. Um, there are so many Psalms of lament where the psalmist pours his heart out to God in pain, you could read some of them out loud, even as prayers from your own heart. Some of those psalms would be 55, 63, 73, 86, 142. And there's there's a ton of them. But maybe finding something that really resonates with you and reading it out loud. Number three, remember the forgiveness you received from Christ. And I talked all about that in the last episode. So I'm not going to go through that again. If you haven't heard um, part one of this, I would go ahead and listen to that. Number four, ask God for help. Ask him to help you forgive people and release the bitterness and anger that you're holding on to. He will help you in this step. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. 
Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And Psalm 37, 8 says, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. And I, a couple of years ago, I did a lot of study on Psalm 37 and I learned that the word fret because Psalm 37 says over and over again, like, don't fret, don't fret. It's a whole Psalm about when it looks like evil is winning, but that word fret, it doesn't mean to worry. It means to get like worked up and agitated and like hot and sweaty. And you know how you get when you're talking about something that made you really angry and you feel like your body starts reacting. God says, don't, don't do that. Don't get all worked up because it only harms you, but it's natural. It's what we do. And so if you're alone and you're talking about these things with God, you might find yourself getting upset, but ask him to help you. There is a story that Corey Ten Boom tells, and she was a woman who helped the um, the Jews escape from the Nazis. I think she lived in Holland, but she herself was captured and put in a Nazi concentration camp. And her story, she survived absolute horrors. And she tells a story about one day when she met one of the prison guards many years later. She says, it was at a church service in Munich that I saw him. The former SS man who had stood guard at the shower room door in the processing center at Ravensbrück. He was the first of our actual jailers that I had seen since that time. And suddenly it was all there. The room full of mocking men, the heaps of clothing, Betsy's pain blanched face. Betsy is her sister who died in one of the concentration camps. He came up to me as the church was emptying beaming and bowing. How grateful I am for your message, Fräulein, he said, to think that, as you say, he has washed my sins away. His hand was thrust out to shake mine, and I, who had preached so often to the people in Blomendal about the need to forgive, kept my hand at my side. Even as the angry, vengeful thoughts boiled through me, I saw the sin of them, Jesus Christ had died for this man. Was I going to ask for more? Lord Jesus, I prayed, forgive me and help me to forgive him. I tried to smile. I struggled to raise my hand. I could not. I felt nothing, not the slightest spark of warmth or charity. And so again, I breathed a silent prayer. Jesus, I cannot forgive him. Give me your forgiveness. As I took his hand, the most incredible thing happened. From my shoulder, along my arm, and through my hand, a current seemed to pass from me to him, while into my heart sprang a love for this stranger that almost overwhelmed me. So I discovered that it is not on our forgiveness any more than on our goodness that the world's healing hinges, but on him. When he tells us to love our enemies— he gives, along with the command, the love itself. When I think of the horrors that Corey endured as a prisoner in a Nazi camp, I think that would be impossible, humanly, humanly speaking, to forgive. And yet she talks about how she prayed for help, and then she went ahead and did the act of obedience and and shook this man's hand who had wounded her so incredibly. And, you know, her her own sister and her father died at the hands of 
the Nazis. And yet God did a supernatural work in giving her the power to forgive that man. Number five, speak the forgiveness out loud. This is probably the hardest, bravest, and most important, and I would even say most powerful part of the process. I think we have to name the person and the offense and speak it out loud. A few years ago, Greg and I were in a going through a pretty dark time and there were people who really deeply hurt us. And I didn't realize how bitter I had become until one day I heard myself saying things out loud and I was like, whoa, that is, that's coming from a heart of bitterness. And he and I had um, gotten away and there was a day that I was in the room by myself and I was able to talk to God and just say, God, this person really hurt me. And I used their name. And and then I was able to say, God, I forgive blank for blank. And I named the person and I named very specifically the things they had done that had been that had been hurtful, that had made me angry, that I was holding on to. As I spoke it out loud, it was almost like a release. It was as though God was saying, okay, now you mean it. Now you really have forgiven that person. Does that mean I never thought of it again? No, no. That's that's um, number six. We choose to forgive again and again and again, because once we speak that forgiveness, that doesn't mean we never feel the hurt or we never think of it again, because memories will resurface. Um, things might trigger you. But one thing that I have found really helpful is to prepare myself ahead of time by creating mantras to recite or memorizing scripture. And when those memories come up or when those feelings arise of anger and you start remembering or somebody brings something up, you fight, you fight back. Matthew 5, says, and this is Jesus speaking, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Praying for the person who hurt you is a powerful way. It's very hard to pray for somebody and simultaneously hate them. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to pray for people who hurt you unless you are walking in the footsteps of Jesus, who, while we were his enemies, not only prayed for us, but died for us. And then Romans 12 is a great chapter to memorize. And even if you don't want to memorize the whole chapter, there are parts of it that I would recommend memorizing. Um, Verse 14 says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. I mean, that could be something you just keep in your head, bless and do not curse, bless and do not curse. When you want to curse, when you want to say something nasty about somebody, bless and do not curse. Verse 17 to 21 says this, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Carefully consider what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible on your part, live at peace with everyone. Do not avenge yourselves, beloved, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. And verse 21, this is another one of those short little sayings you could just put in your mind. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
We are in a battle. I mean, that's so clear. All through scripture, it talks about the battle we're in. And one of the weapons we have to fight with is choosing God to, to speak and live God's word. Here are a couple other little sayings or mantras you can use when those thoughts come into your head. These are th- these are sayings that I used that I would just, when I, when something would flash into my head, I would tell myself, mine is to love, God's is to settle all accounts justly. Mine is to love, God's is to settle all accounts justly. Or from 1 Peter 2.23, I would tell myself, I am entrusting myself to the one who judges justly. That's what Jesus did when they were crucifying him. It said he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. I tell myself, I'm the one who has been forgiven an unpayable debt. I remind myself that I have been forgiven much. And if it's a person that I have forgiven already, which oftentimes it is, I I just have to tell myself that has already been forgiven. That has already been forgiven. And it may be the 350th time I'm forgiving. I've chosen to forgive that. Walking with Jesus and being conformed to his image in the area of forgiveness is part of our faith journey. I just want to remind you that last week I created a sheet on what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. And I will add to that the information on this sheet. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, I would encourage you to do that. And also, if you have found this helpful, please share this episode with a friend. Or if you're enjoying this podcast, please tell somebody about it and then tell them to pass it on. I know that some of this was a repeat from last week, but um, it's one of those topics I don't think we can talk about it enough. And so I hope that what you heard today was helpful and reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for hanging out with me today on Find Hope Here. To find anything I mentioned on the episode, go to teresawhiting.com slash listen. That's where you can find all the show notes. And remember to hit that subscribe button. If you want to go the extra mile and leave a review, that would be amazing. And it would mean so much to me. I'd like to leave you with this prayer from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.